Hi, Josh Sorrell here from Sandhill FWB Church in Sandusky, Ohio. The podcast that you're about to enjoy was given live before our congregation here at Sandhill, and we pray that this podcast will encourage and challenge your walk with Christ. For more sermons like this, as well as additional Christian content, visit our website at www.sandhillfwb.com or check out our social media pages on YouTube and Facebook, keyword Sandhill FWB Church. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way. Hebrews chapter 11, starting at verse 32. If you can stand tonight as we honor the reading of God's Word, I'd encourage you to do that. I'm going to read down through the remainder of the chapter. And uh, we were driving home last night after church, and um, we got on to uh, uh, my wife and I talking about what we was going to preach tonight. And I said, I don't have any idea. I don't have any idea. I think a lot of times people think when you come to do a week of revival, you've got your sermons already packed up in your briefcase and they're already ready to go and planned out and all that. And uh, that's not the case with me. I tend, if I plan them out two days before, they're terrible. <laughs> you know, I, I just get them. I like, to, I like to strike while the iron's hot. You know what I'm saying? And so I said, I don't know. Uh, what my sermon's going to be tomorrow. And my wife gave me words of encouragement. She said, well, you best get to studying before you go to bed tonight. <laughs> I said, man. So I didn't get to watch NBA playoffs or nothing last night. I had my Bible open, Brother Matt, and I was you know, studying and asking the Lord what to give me. And the Lord laid on me just a little small portion of one of these verses that I'm going to read to you. And it has simmered since last night as I've been studying. So I, I, I believe God's in this, and you'll see why I hope at least by the end of the service, okay? Verse uh, 32, chapter 11. If you, if you found your place, the Word of God, say amen. amen. All right. And what shall I more say? For the time would fail... Would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson and of Jephthah and of David also and Samuel and of the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in flight. Uh, in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn asunder, were tempted, were slain with the sword, they wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And all these, or these all rather, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. God having provided some better thing for us that they without us should not be made perfect. Father, would you bless the reading of your word tonight. And God, I pray, use your servant. Hide me behind the cross, Lord, I pray. Lord, these people need to see Jesus. And I pray, God, that he is clearly in front of them tonight. Have your way. If there's one here tonight lost, 
someone watching online that doesn't know the Savior, oh God, before this service is over, Lord, let them come to you by faith. Repent, Lord, and be gloriously saved. I, I pray for your children here tonight one more time, God, that you would draw us closer to you. And then, God, I pray whatever obstacles are in the way, you move them tonight, that Jesus Christ might have all glory and honor. We praise you and thank you, and it's in his name we pray. Amen and amen. You can be seated. Let me ask you a question tonight as we start out. You read your Bible. At least I'm going to assume. I'm just going to assume you read your Bible, okay? I know there are probably folks that aren't very faithful at doing so, but uh, I'm going to assume we all are tonight. And when you read your Bible and you try your best to memorize passages of Scripture, various verses and things like that in the Bible. Let me ask you a question here tonight. Just be honest with yourself. Don't, don't tell me, but I want you to be honest with yourself, okay? What sections or passages of the Bible have seemed most difficult to believe? What passages or sections of the Bible that you read, try to memorize, study out, what sections have seemed to you the most difficult to believe? Is it maybe the passages on prophecy? Could it be some of the narrative portions in the Word of God? Maybe it's doctrinal passages. Maybe it's some of God's promises. See, many Christians have problems believing in the promises of God. Now, they sound nice, and when we're going through things, they might even cheer us up to a point. But then on the inside, at least subconsciously, we question whether they're really true and whether God really does keep His promises. Now, Charles Spurgeon said this. He said, quote, Do not treat God's promises as if they were curiosities for a museum, but believe them and use them. See, in the Old Testament, the Bible teaches us that not one of all of the Lord's good promises to Israel ever failed. None. And the Bible goes on to say, and you have seen it uh, time and time again on this screen because it's the, it's the theme of this revival, is that through Jesus Christ, we are given great and precious promises. Uh, and God has given you and I those treasures through Christ so you and I can have everything we need to live a successful and, and, and victorious Christian life. But the real question becomes then, how do we obtain these promises? Look with me at verse 33 just a second. Because this is the little, small portion of Scripture that I've been mulling on for about 24 hours now. He said, Who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, but look at this part, obtained promises. Amen. That stuck out to me in such a way because I often talk about receiving the promises of God. God making the promises and all these things and God always coming through. And it's almost like, Brother Matt, I'm just sitting there and God's just laying them on me. But then that text right there stuck out to me, Brother Gary, and it said that these are promises we have to obtain. 
obtain. In other words, there is a responsibility for us. There's a responsibility for us. The text we just read is from a portion of Scripture that you and I often term as the hall of faith. Now that should be a familiar term to you guys here in Ohio because you are the home of the NFL Hall of Fame. And you know what a hall is designed to do? A hall is designed to showcase those that accomplish both outstanding individual and group achievements. And this is also the case in chapter 11. You'll find that men and women of God were able to witness miraculous works as well as maintain their devotion to God even to the point of where they gave up their life. And in doing so, the Bible says God tells us they obtained promises, not received, not inherited, but obtained. And that word obtained in the Greek literally means to acquire, to procure, to take possession of. In other words, though there are over 3,000 promises given to you and I in the Word of God, personal action is required if we are going to receive them. And these in Hebrews chapter 11 took decisive steps and they grabbed hold of God's promises. However, there are those today that are living lives that so desperately wish would change, but they have to this point refused to take the action necessary. And tonight I want to encourage you, but I want to challenge you to stand up, to reach out, and to grasp the promises that God has for you. And so tonight, by God's help, I want to preach on obtaining the promises. Obtaining the promises. If there is a requirement for us, and I say that euphemistically because there is a requirement for us. We just, we just found that out, didn't we? If there is a requirement for us to obtain the promises, what are the requirements? What is it going to take for you and I to receive the promise? Because I want you to notice something here. Back in verse number 33, the Bible says they obtained promises. But in verse 39, it said these same people received not the promise. I don't believe there's contradictions in the Word of God, by the way. And I, and I find it interesting because I, I know that God never puts a word in these texts because He's trying to put page filler in there. Okay? Every word of God is meant to be in there for a purpose. And notice what He says in verse 33. He says, they obtained the promises. They grasped it. They reached out. They call it back in Tennessee and western North Carolina where I've been. They retched out. Anybody ever say that? They retched out. Right? They retched the promises. Okay? They reached out and grabbed them. But verse 39 says they don't receive them. They obtain them. So many times we see the work of God. God, you're going to change my life and I'm going to trust. And so God, here I am. Lay it on me. And nothing changes. And Brother Kenny, we get all bummed out. You know? 
That's because God is not operating in a manner where we just receive the promises. But God operates in a manner where He puts the promise there and you and I must take the responsibility to reach out and acquire it. We must reach out. Those that are going to be saved, the Bible says they must call upon the name of the Lord. The Bible says they must believe in their heart. There is a responsibility that is required for you and I to receive the promises of God. So what is it going to take, church, if we are going to inherit the promises? Because I think we can get we, we, we can get somewhere out there in left field where we think because God's made all these promises, then man, I mean, it's just if we just if we just hang on long enough, eventually fly in on us somewhere you know I mean man I mean I mean I, I here they come eventually I mean surely God promised it didn't he but oftentimes God is waiting for us finally to stand up and to reach out and grab hold of what he's offering us and so tonight, what is it going to take in order for you and I to obtain the promises? Three things in this passage I want to bring out to you tonight is that number one, it is going to take a step of faith. It is going to take a step of faith. Verses 32 and 33 in our text, he said, what more can I say? The time would fail to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and the prophets. They, they, but they subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in flight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens, all those things. But at the very beginning of verse number 33, he said it was through faith. Can I tell you today that you have to take a step of faith before God begins to access these promises in your life. You have got to do that. We understand the Bible teaches us that when God did spectacular things in his word, he always required the people he was working with to do something first. Always. He told Moses to hold out his rod. He told Joshua to have the priest to step into the Jordan when it was overflowing its banks. He told those at the tomb of Lazarus they needed to roll away the stone. He told the disciples before he fed 5,000 to go find something for them to eat. Throughout Scripture, God would tell a person, a group of people, to do something before he would ever activate the power of his word. And can I tell you tonight, friends, we need to understand that oftentimes uh, the reason we don't seem like God is coming through and fulfilling his promises is because we haven't moved yet. We haven't moved yet. The Bible uh, would teach us that the reason a lot of men and women are not seeing God move miraculously in their lives is because God is not seeing them move in an act of faith. Uh, we want to see the miraculous happen, but it's almost like we've got ourselves in a mess. Now, God, you snap your fingers and you get us out of it. But God is waiting for us to move. God is waiting for us to take the step of faith. God is waiting for us to stand up and say, I will do what you need, God. I will do what is required. I will do what you ask. And then when that happens, immediately the power of God gets activated in our hearts and in our lives. Uh, can I tell you tonight, church, that just attending church does not count as an act of faith. 
Simply hearing the word of God will never produce the supernatural intervention of God in your circumstances. Until he detects some obedience and alignment with what he says, you and I are going to go this life alone. But the Bible says his authority to overcome obstacles and to move you and I forward, it is activated by action, not by words. And the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 1, what I didn't read, now faith is. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And listen, friends, we often say, well, I don't know. I, 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 I would like, but I can't see. I, 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 there's, I, I don't know what's going to happen. All these things. And you say, and a lot of times we talk about taking a step of faith is blind. How many of us have said that? You know, well, it's just blind. No, 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 friend, it's not blind faith. Faith is not blind. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. You say, well, then how do I see then, preacher, what I need to take a step hold of? The Bible tells us exactly how to see that. The Bible tells us in the book of Psalms, chapter 119, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And listen, friends, God is not wanting you to walk this world blind. He's not asking you to walk in blind faith. He's asking you if you can't see what he wants to do in your life to get into the word and the word will begin to shine his glory and it will begin to illuminate your path and you won't be walking blind anymore because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And friends, listen, it is going to take a step of faith if we're going to see the miraculous happen in our lives, if we're going to see our homes get right with God, if we're going to see addictions broken in our, in our lives and in our hearts, if we're going to see marriages come back together, if we're going to see prodigal children come home, if we're going to see fire begin to burn within our churches, if we're going to see our communities impacted with the gospel, if we're going to see doubt turn into certainty, if we're going to see fear turn into courage, all those things are going to happen when God's people finally get up and grab hold of the promises he has made. And the Bible says it takes a step of faith. But all it does it just take a step of faith. But it takes a strong faith. It takes a strong faith. Because listen, friend, when you take a step for Jesus, Satan is not going to let you go unaccosted. So many people, man, they, they, oh yeah, they'll run, Brother Kenny, they'll run to the altar and they'll make this profession and they'll, they'll whatever and just as soon as they get home, man, the, the wife starts fussing at them. Next thing you know, man, it's, it's, this ain't worth it. I thought God would change everything all of a sudden. You know, all of a sudden they get back and they go to work the next day and the dealer's there. You know, all of a sudden they get back and the same guys are there doing all the same things. And all of a sudden, and listen, friend, if not only are you going to have to have a step of faith, but when you take that step, it's got to be a strong faith. It's got to be a strong faith because look at what the Bible says right here in verses 33 through 38. I read it to you over and over again. But listen, look at the faith. I mean, they subdued kingdoms. That means they had enemies that come against them. They wrought righteousness, meaning the devil had all this unrighteousness against them. They stopped the mouths of lions. They had fire come against them. They had sword come against them. There were days when they were weak. There were days they had to fight. There were days when they had armies against them. There were days when they had to face death. 
death. And there were days, days when they were tortured. There were days when they did not get delivered. There were days whenever they had cruel mockings and scourgings and they had bonds and they had imprisonment and they were stoned. Some were sawn asunder. Some were tempted. Some were slain with the sword. Some, they wandered about nowhere to live and they didn't have the fancy garments but they had sheepskins and goatskins and they were destitute and afflicted and tormented. Let me tell you who's not going to preach yet. You're not going to hear that on Joel Osteen, all right? All right, you're not going to hear that on there. All right? I mean, that's, you know, old Smiley's not going to preach that to you, all right? It's not happening. Yeah. Because, listen, friends, this walking for Jesus thing's not a cakewalk. All right? This taking a step of faith, man, it and everything's going to be fun and cheery all of a sudden, you know, and everybody's just going to walk around with a big smile on their face and we're always going to eat every Sunday. I mean, that's, just, that's not what that is, okay? And I like all of that. I wish, I wish earth was like that. But friends, that's not what this is all about because, listen, you are going to face enemies. You're going to face trials. You're going to face challenges and circumstances. And if you are going to obtain the promises of God, you have to have a strong faith. You have to have a strong faith. Job said this. You remember what Job said? When all that stuff came upon him, he said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. What was Job saying? He said, my faith is strong enough to overcome all of these obstacles. And even if I die, I am holding on to the promises of God. Oh, and friend, Paul Paul knew what that meant. Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, he said, through the abundance of the revelations that God has given me, he said, then there came a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I would be exalted above measure for those revelations. And he said, I prayed thrice that God would deliver me from this, from this, from this demonic power, this demonic entity that's just beating the daylights out of me, it's just buffeting me. And he said, God responded, though I prayed three times for him to move it, God responded to me that my grace is sufficient for thee and my strength is made perfect in weakness and so Paul said well wait a minute this thing's beating me up and it's making me weaker and weaker and weaker but if your strength is made perfect in my weakness then therefore I'm going to glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me he said you know what I'm willing to take whatever you throw at me devil because I can grab hold of the promise of God Oh, friend, he's going to have to have a step of faith. And you've got to have a strong faith. Oh, and when you do, kid, you grab hold the promises of God. Oh, listen, friends, and things begin to happen. Oh, listen, you can obtain the promises. You can obtain the promises. Oh, listen. I, I'm just going to skip some things. Can I just go this? I just believe God's about done with me here. But here... It's going to take a settled faith. It's going to take a settled faith. Look at verses 39 and 40, and we'll be done. And these all having obtained, there's that word again, obtained. They grabbed hold. They took possession of a good report through faith. Received not the promise, God, having provided something better thing for us that they without us should. Can you imagine... God has promised all these things to them and they're going through this and they're going through this. They're going through all these horrific things. And, and I want to say, God, I've been through it and I lay the promise on me. 
Come on. <laughs> I mean, here I, God, I, I, I've been stripped down of everything. So that I'm ready for the promise, God. Come on. And God says, no, 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 not yet. Not yet. Yeah, I know you've been through all that. I know you've been through verse 39 is God saying, I know you've been through all that and you, you stood strong. You did. You obtained a good report. You stood strong. I'm not ashamed of you at all. You did well. And I'm sitting there going, okay, God, I've done well. I'm ready to hear well done. Thou good and faithful servant. I've been faithful over a few things. God getting ready to reward me with many things. I'm ready. Lay it on me, God. And he says, oh, not yet. Because, see, they'd had not, they didn't obtain the promise, the final reward. And oftentimes when God doesn't put it all together just when we think it ought to be and just when we're ready for it and all these other things and then we are ready just to walk away from the Lord and say, yeah, it's not really worth it. But listen, friend, if that's not going to happen to you and I, it's because we have a settled faith. It's because we have a settled faith. Listen, that's what God teaches us is that God is ready to make sure His promises come to pass in our lives that we can live victoriously. But in order to do that, we have to hang on to Jesus. We have to stay steadfast in our faith. We have to trust God in all things. He said in, in Hebrews chapter 6 and verse number 12, if you look back at that, He said that you be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience and Inherit the promises. It takes faith. You got to take a step of faith, but then sometimes you have to wait on God. And sometimes, Brother Kenny, as we see in chapter 11, sometimes you end up waiting a lifetime. Because there were some, like Sister Laura saying, there were some in that chapter that got delivered. There were some in that chapter that did not. But their faith was settled. And they were still waiting on God. And these guys in the Old Testament waited on God until Jesus came. <laughs> and when Jesus came, they finally, finally, hundreds, some thousands of years later, they finally inherited, they finally obtained, received, grabbed hold of the promise. Oh, friend, can I tell you something? I, I, I went back and I did a little study today in the hotel room. And, and, and I go back to Genesis chapter 15. And, and I see where, where God comes to Abraham. And he's 99 years old. And he says, you're going to have a baby. Yeah. Aren't you glad you're not Abraham? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> My wife and I, we, we are empty nesters except for our dog. All right? <laughs> and that poor dog gets treated better than I do. <laughs> she lay me in that. She lay me in that. Listen, we're empty nesters. When my son got married, he got married in 2015. When he got married, I mean, I did his, his rehearsal, you know, wedding rehearsal. 
we then had the rehearsal dinner and all that stuff. And I went over and I sat down with my wife and my daughter and my dad even had come. And we were sitting in the living room and I thought I would get one final night with my son. You know, man, just one final night with this boy. You know, I'd loved with all my heart and I'd raised and everything. And he gets in after the rehearsal. He goes, he gets, all of a sudden these pickup trucks start backing up to the house. I mean, there's like five or six of them just back up to the house. And I get all these guys, Brother Matt, it's like 22, three-year-old strapping boys, you know, and they come in, and next thing I know, they're carrying everything out. I mean, they're loading up pickup trucks with everything he's got, man, and there he goes. Out he's gone. He don't even say goodbye. He didn't. He had already rented him a place, and they were moving in. And I'm sitting there, I looked over my wife and I'm, my chin's quivering, you know. And I start crying and she said, what's wrong with you? I said, he didn't even say goodbye. Yeah, I mean, they did, honestly. Just blubbered like a nut, you know. And my daughter, here she started Welch College a couple of years ago, 18 year old, you know, and she's going, she's going, you know, at the time we were in North Carolina and she was going to go six hours, seven hours away from us, you know. Our son's done gone. Now my daughter, my last, my baby's leaving, you know, and, and, and she's going off to college and guess what I did? <laughs> I blubbered like a fool. <laughs> I mean, man, I'm loading her dorm up, and I mean, I'm putting stuff, and 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 she she's embarrassed by me because she's got dorm mates and they're moving in, and I'm moving her stuff in, and I'm just all over the place. And my wife's pulling me aside, going, "You're embarrassing her. You got to quit." I'm trying. All these things, right? And for the first two months, brother, kid, for the first two months, we felt just miserable, miserable. Now, <laughs> we're on cloud nine. <laughs> we love it. <laughs> There's so much freedom. <laughs> I mean, we can come and go, and they don't eat everything anymore. <laughs> I've got snacks that I don't have to hide anymore. Praise God, can I get amen? Hey, we got, glory to God. I mean, man, it's wonderful. <laughs> And she called me last week, or I called her somehow. We got on a FaceTime call last week, me and my daughter. And she comes home next week, all right? And she's got another one more week of class. She comes home for the summer before she does her senior year next year, and she graduates. And, 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 and I was talking with her, and I said, Heather, you know what's going to happen, don't you? She said, what's that, Dad? I said, here's what's going to happen. I said, you're going to come home. And right now, she's all excited. She's like, Dad, I am ready to be home. <laughs> I'm ready to get out of this school. I'm done. I'm ready to get the summer off. Get out. I said, here's what's going to happen, Heather. I said, you're going to come home, and you're going to be so happy to see me. You're going to be so happy to be at home. You're going to be so happy that school ain't there. And for about the first six or seven days, it's going to be just, it's going to be angelic. I said, then you're going to start pining for old lover boy down there. She's got an old lover boy, all right? I said, you're going to start pining for old lover boy, and you're going to start getting down in the dumps. And I said, I ain't going to be good enough no more. And I said, what's going to happen is, I said, we're going to get on each other's nerves so bad that you'll want to leave and I want to pack you, all right? Yeah. yeah. And I think Abraham at 99 year old getting ready to have a baby. Bless you, Abraham. Better you and me, buddy. I'm telling you. Yeah. And I'm looking at, 
at Genesis chapter 15 and verse number 6, he said, and he believed in the Lord and he counted it to him for righteousness. And then I go to Romans chapter 4. And I read, not being weak in faith, Abraham considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what he had promised he was also able to perform. And then God repeats himself and says, Therefore it was imputed unto him for righteousness. When, when, when God came to Abraham first and there was 13 years in between the time that God gave him the promise and then God finally gave him the child and when God came to him the first time and said you're going to have a child up until 13 years later never one time did Abraham doubt that my body can't produce what God says it can produce and by the way my wife also I know she's an older woman and older women like that don't produce children anymore but I just simply believe God said we're going to have a baby and listen I'm not worried about my wife's age if he said we're having a baby we're having a baby amen oh can I tell you something tonight that is the promises of God if God tells you something you may not see it right now Abraham had to wait 13 years to finally get the promise of God in his life but he obtained the promise and friend can I tell you you need to have a steady faith because the promise may not come today it may not come tomorrow your marriage may not get fixed tonight your children may not come walking through your door tonight. You may not get stripped of the addiction tonight. Oh, but listen, friends, stand up and put your trust in God and say, God, I will do whatever is necessary to grab hold of the promise that you have given me. And can I remind us, and I'll be as G-rated as I can be for the kids here tonight. Abraham and Sarah did not have immaculate conception. Do I have to explain that to anybody? That, that is un, above the age of six, okay? They did not have immaculate conception, so they had to do something. There was a responsibility that they had to do, okay, to receive the promises of God. If they would have never have, have put the effort in, it's like trying to explain to kindergartners, right? You know? <laughs> if they hadn't have put the effort in, They'd have never saw the fulfillment of the promise though God had given them the promise and God was able to fulfill the promise and God desired to give them the promise. If they would have said, well, you know what, God, you just do it all, they would have never received the promise. And by the way, you and I better be thankful they put the effort in because through Abraham and his seed comes the Messiah. Amen. Well, praise his holy name. Amen. Tonight... What do you need to grab hold of? What do you need to grab hold of tonight? Listen, friend, God has over 3,000 promises in the Word. Over 3,000 promises in the Word. Now, I know not every promise is geared just to Sonny Thomas. I understand that. I know there's some that go to individuals in the Bible, some for specific times, all that. But listen, I know there are promises in that book for me. I know that. But listen, friend, I've got to obtain the promise. I've got to obtain the promise. 
And friend, if I stand up and I say, God, I am here and I'm willing to take the step of faith and it is not a blind step because I have the word of God illuminating my path and because I have the word of God illuminating my path, I can see where it's taken me. I can see where the path leads. I can see the road much clearer. Oh, listen, friend, if I will do that tonight, then God will have promises. Here I'm taking a step of faith walking on the road and Brother Neil, there's a promise of God and I can grab hold of it and the power of God activates in my life. I take another step of faith and all of a sudden brother Josh there's a promise of God and I can grab hold of that and obtain it and there begins to activate the power of God in my life all because I'm taking a step of faith all because the word of God is illuminating my life and because of that I'm grabbing hold. Oh friends now there's some people in this place it's time to stand up. It's time to get on board. It's time to reach out and take hold and grasp what God has for you. Uh, yeah. How many of you tonight need it? How many of you tonight want it? Tonight God has promised that you can be saved, friend. Do you know that God has promised you you can be forgiven of every sin you've ever committed in your life? Do you know God can forgive you of every unrighteousness? Do you know God has promised to love you unconditionally? Do you know that God has promised His grace if you would just confess your sins and put your trust in Him and you turn and come to Jesus Christ, He will save you. He has promised you if you will come to Him by faith, He will write your name down in His book of life in heaven. Listen, friend, tonight God... God will do that if you take the step of faith. And we've already seen one do it this week. And I, man alive, I, I so thrilled. Because we come in tonight and, and my wife, we walked in and we asked Brother Gary what we was going to have tonight. And he said, we're having chicken. You tell a free Baptist preacher you're having chicken. I said, hallelujah, we're having revival now. <laughs> and then we walked in and there was a line all the way back to here. And my wife said, you can tell we're having chicken tonight, can't you? <laughs> I said, man, we're at the back of the line. But I come by and I was waving at everybody going down the line. And I see Cassie and her family. And I just waved. I said, hey, guys. And she walks over to me and Julie and says, can I sit with you? Amen. You don't know how much that meant to me. Amen. I'm just an old squalling King James preacher. <laughs> you know? And I got this sweet little girl comes up and says, can I sit with you and your wife? I said, honey, we're right over where the purple's at. You go over, so we'll be right there. Just as soon as we get through these chicken feeders over here, we'll be right there. Uh, <laughs> you know, these buzzards out of the way, I'll be right there. All right? Listen. That's because God has changed her life. I don't know if she ever wanted to hang around preacher before, but I mean, I mean, I was, I was honored. Listen, that's because God, she reached up Tuesday night, man, and she grabbed the promise of God and the power of God. Mama came through and saved her and forgave her of anything and everything in her life. Amen. Isn't that good? Praise God. Yeah. And God will do that for you if you'll stand and be counted. If you'll stand, take a step of faith and say, God, I believe tonight. And because I believe, I'll move. I'll move and I'll come to you. You say, preacher, my, 
my marriage is about done for. I don't know if that's it. Listen, friend, I want you to know that God can do exceeding abundantly above all that you could ever ask or think according to the power of God that works in us already. All you've got to do is trust in the promises of God. Now, friend, you may have to get up and you see faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And some of us, man, we didn't know how to treat our wives. And that's why our marriages are a mess. But the word of God will teach us how to treat our wives the way they ought to be treated. Amen. And by the way, some of us don't treat, her, treat your husbands like you ought to be treating. And so therefore, marriage ain't all that good. But you get into the word of God and all of a sudden it'll start teaching you how to treat your husband the way that you ought to. Next thing you know, your marriage is getting more solid. Your marriage is getting more solid. All of a sudden there's some love starting breaking out. Next thing you know, you'll be sitting up here on the front row with these two. Amen. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> you know? You say, man, my kids, they're, 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 probably, they're, they're I can't do anything at all with them. All of a sudden, man, you just start pouring the word of God into them. You just start pouring the word of God into them. Let me tell you something, guys. Now, listen to me. I come from old school, all right? And I'm going to tell you, man, mama got saved when I was eight years old. Now, mama, she, she, she cussed and she fussed a lot. She screamed a lot. She did a lot of things before she got saved. Her and dad used to fight. They would brawl. I mean, it was fisticuffs at the house, man. And listen, when she got saved, we never went to church, but when she got saved, man, it was a light switch got turned. Man, I mean, the language cleaned up everything. And she said, we're going to church. And you know what I knew we was doing? We was going to church. (laughs) They wasn't no telling mama I didn't want to go to (laughs) church. They wasn't no telling mama, look, I ain't doing that tonight. Listen, mama would have took a switch and she would have wore me out and then told me go get another. All right? Listen, that's what mama would have done. And I'm going to tell you something. We need some moms and dads will stand up and say, listen, you're going to get under the word of God. You're going to be at church when I'm at church. Church starts. Sunday school's coming and you're going to be in the class. And listen, all of a sudden you start pouring the word of God down in those kids. And listen, I'm going to tell you where they like it or not. The word of God's going to get down in there. It is sharper than any two-edged sword and it will divide asunder even soul and spirit. It will get down into their hearts and it will get all over them. Next thing you know, things start changing. Attitudes start changing. Actions start changing. Next thing you know, you'll see people like Cassie coming and saying, I want to get saved. Oh, let me tell you something. God has a way. But you've got to take the step. You've got to take the step. We pray that this message has stirred your soul as you continue on for Christ. If you've been blessed by this sermon, we encourage you to share this podcast with others that we made together and embolden each other for the kingdom cause. To listen to Sandhill Sermons live, you can join us Sundays at 11 o'clock on Facebook and YouTube. You can also find additional content such as our Steadfast Studies podcast or the NOYC Godcast for Youth provided by Sandhill for spiritual growth of all ages. These can be found at sandhillfwb.com or on all major podcast platforms. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way.